0: You want everybody welcome 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 what is happening welcome to another episode of not rocket science the show that talks about the intersectional relationship between business culture and technology i'm sean your host how are you guys doing it is february 8th i'm doing this on a sunday it is february 9th okay so we're already nine days into february jeez What's crazy is I feel like February has been going by really fast, but January, holy crap, maybe the slowest month I can remember on record for me, that month couldn't end soon enough, but uh, we did it, and we're already nine days into February, only 19 days left in the month, Jeez, February's flying by, um, why am I talking about this? Why do I care so much about the days? Well, today's episode is going to be getting into the nitty and gritty history from an advertising perspective, and a little bit more, um, the history of advertising and marketing when it comes to Valentine's Day, everyone's favorite holiday, especially if you're single. Am I right? Um, So yeah, Valentine's Day is one of those holidays that to me, I always was just like, ugh, It just reeks of commercialism to the highest degree. And it just seemed like an excuse for jewelry companies to sell some extra diamond pennants or whatever. You know, those he got it from Jared commercials and all that crap. But to me, it just was kind of like one of the cringiest holidays because to me, it doesn't have that authenticity to it that a Thanksgiving or Christmas has. It doesn't have that. Inclusiveness that Halloween has. Literally anyone can celebrate Halloween. I mean, I guess for adults, you can't go trick or treating, but at least you can go to the parties and dress up. To me, it's this like commercialism hustle. I always felt like it was this commercialism hustle that only targeted or was only applicable for actual couples. So it's not even an inclusive holiday. You can only target certain people, the nickel and dime. For these gifts, and that was kind of my attitude forever. um then I got into a real relationship, and now I still feel that way, but the actual days themselves have been more fun when you're in a relationship. It is nice to kind of go out to dinner and to kind of like i've been one thing I've been doing for years now is getting uh like sherry's berries or edible arrangements and mailing them. To my girlfriend's office, so that's always been nice. So little f- things like that um kind of make you feel good. And it was kind of fun when you were a kid and everyone got Valentine's Day cards and class. You had your little like envelope, and people put stuff in. You get the candy. I remember I got a Shaquille O'Neal card. Shaquille O'Neal had like a Valentine's Day basketball card thing going on. I think like Russell Stover or whatever. Um, Did a partnership with that back in the day. So it was kind of cool. You got your little surprises, your things back in the day, little Valentine's Day cards. Um, So, yeah, it was pretty crunk back in grade school. And then from middle school into adulthood, it was kind of... And then, unless you had a girlfriend in college or high school, if you were single, pretty whack. And then once you get into a serious relationship, it gets kind of fun again. Um, But I wanted to get into the history of how this happened i did this with i believe christmas already so i felt like valentine's day because of the perceived disgust uh when it comes to the commercialism of valentine's day when you go on social media you look up twitter how people feel about valentine's day um i feel like it'd be interesting to go back and get to how we got to where we are now when it comes to just the crazy commercialism um so Valentine's Day the origins of it was actually a Roman holiday, the Roman feast of Lupercalia, um which dates back to 300 BC. I'm going to get to the a little bit of like the real real nitty-gritty history channel stuff and then I'll get more into the uh the marketing and advertising just to kind of set the foundation. You dig? Um so that started dating back 300 BC, feast of Lupercalia and it was during the time Valentine's Day roughly falls on, so February 13th and February 15th. That was the duration of that feast. This year, Valentine's Day, happens to be February 14th. Um, And Romans engage in celebrations and rituals to honor the coming of spring. Um, By the way, I used a Lemonade article on Lemonade's blog and also an article on BigThink.com. That was how I kind of gathered this info um just fyi i'm not just like spilling this out off the top of the dome here i'm not that smart so there was this feast and romans did all kinds of crazy type ish during this feast so they did a bunch of rituals which often involve sacrificing a dog or a goat and using its skin to whip women, an act that was believed to increase their fertility. See, this is why, like, when people are Bible-thumping to uh, justify their positions in debates, I can't take it seriously. I understand the principles of religion being inherently good things, but when people get into treating Everything in these old texts as gospel, I think about things like this you know, whipping women with goat and dog parts as an act to believe to increase their fertility. The bro science back then was just so hard, it was so strong that I just cannot take old things very seriously. I just can't do it anyway. In addition, Lupercalia debuted the ancient version of a blind date. huh? Men's and women's names were drawn via a lottery and randomly matched to spend the holiday together. If they fancied each other at the end of the feast, they would marry soon after. That is a big jump. Blind date to marriage in a span of three days. Jeez, Romans! Romans didn't play. Um What's also crazy is people married so young, like some of these people are like 12. So, again, old times, a little crazy. Can't take them too seriously. Uh, And then in terms of the name, there's obviously St. Valentine. Um, A lot of the name Valentine's Day has to, or the reason why it's a thing, has to do with martyrdom. martyrdom. Um, Martyrdom, 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 martyrdom. But there seems to be some debate over exactly what the true lineage of this is. There's is a written account of Saint Valentine's of Rome's imprisonment, for performing weddings for soldiers who were forbidden to marry, and for ministering to Christians persecuted under the Roman Empire. Um so that's that's like the most popular theory behind how Saint Valentine became such a popular name. According to legend, Saint Valentine restored sight to the blind daughter of his judge all right so that's that's where the sainthood and the superpowers come into play and he wrote her letter signed your valentine as a farewell before his execution okay so that that sounds pretty uh valid to me as far as how the term valentine started to sprout up the feast of valentine was established by pope Galasius. i probably said that wrong in AD 1496 or four 496 496 to be celebrated on February 14th in honor of the Christian martyr St. Valentine of Rome, who died on that date in AD 269. Okay, so that's kind of how the term Valentine got its kickoff. Um, and then eventually Pope Glasius switched up the holidays remix and no longer said that the feast of Lupercalia would happen at that time it would be replaced with an observation of Saint Valentine hence Saint Valentine's Day which set the tone for the holiday of sending each other love messages then it kind of went you know dormant kind of did its thing for a couple centuries and it got popular in Europe evidenced by Shakespeare putting it in both Sonnet 18 and then in uh, Hamlet where the character Ophelia recites a song about a young lady's experience on Valentine's Day and include lyrics like tomorrow St. Valentine's Day and to be your Valentine. Also um, Jeffrey Chaucer, writer of the Canterbury Tales amongst other famous works also mentions St. Valentine's Day Um, in a poem called the parliament of Fowls," and then also charles duke of orleans wrote what most people consider to be the first documented valentine's day card when he was going to prison i believe to his wife in 1415 anyway that's the old og history when it came to the holidays um but by that point So in the 1700s and 1800s, the holiday started taking shape um, to what it is now. By this point in the 1700s into the early 1800s in Europe, it was very common for people to exchange love letters with one another. And in uh, aristocracies where people had more money, pretty common at that point for... uh, people buying expensive gifts for others and presenting them to what they're calling their valentine. And then also writing some sort of poem or a love letter that they recite while exchanging these expensive-ass gifts that the townspeople couldn't afford, which is why townspeople just wrote little messages. Um, That kind of spread to the U.S., obviously, because that was the time where people were starting to Immigrate to the US and the Revolutionary War happened, and yada yada yada. So, Valentine's Day naturally just kind of started to adapt here in the US into the 1800s. And then, around 1847, things started to get busy. There was this lady named Esther Howland, that is an OG name if I've ever heard one. And she's the one that was like, "I can make money off these suckers." Um, even in the United States at that time, it was now very common on Valentine's Day J- on Valentine's Day to exchange small tokens and uh, little love notes. That was tradition at this point, and she, Esther, business-minded Esther, was uh, intrigued by the whole idea. And she became infatuated with the idea of manufacturing Valentine's Day cards in the U.S. She was the first person to really come up with the idea of turning this tradition, this little holiday, into a business. And she instinctively believed that there would be an American market for formal, kind of nicer, designed cards with English-style greetings So she kind of gathered the materials, tested things out, paper, high-quality paper, lace. Um, She created what now is considered to be the earliest American Valentine's Day greeting cards. And if you look at them, they kind of look like something that was the blueprint for what a typical romantic Valentine's Day card looks like now. So talking about entrepreneurship and how it's dominated by males perceivably well not valentine's day talking about hashtag boss bitch that is esther Howland. she got rich before the civil war off this stuff she graduated from mount holyoke college she was college educated at a time when very few people went to college and um she got first first batch put out. She got five thousand dollars worth of orders right off the bat. And within a few years she built her business into a hundred thousand dollar a year enterprise. Now, that doesn't sound like much now. It's not bad if you're, you know, a single business, single one man shop, one woman shop business, but a hundred thousand dollars back then. So I don't know exactly when uh, she hit that 100K mark. It doesn't really say in any of the articles that I read about this, but it started in the late 1840s, and it says a few years later. So let's just guess here and say 1853. All right, let's just roll with that. That gives her about five years to do this. It said a few years. So that's like an extra year on top i I think of a fewest three years so i don't know that's two extra years all right so if we put this in on the inflation calculator which is one of my favorite i love using the westegg.com inflation calculator just when i watch old movies or movies that are like period pieces and kind of see what things cost now mad men is a great one for that because they talk about what they make in terms of salary it's pretty interesting um but anyway so i'm putting in a hundred thousand dollars in 1853. Okay. Okay. Now, that would be over three million dollars. It'd be three million one hundred twelve thousand seven hundred and eighty-seven dollars. So, that's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. She was a millionaire. Basically millionaires barely any millionaires existed then but just by selling cards and there was no e-commerce then so she couldn't really scale probably the way she could now if it was now she'd probably make even more money because of the way people can scale when it comes to distribution and things like that she was doing an og way making the cards selling them going to shops putting them in shops selling them direct um she didn't have the distribution technological advances that exist now so esther get your money she did the damn thing and became basically a millionaire basically a millionaire just selling little holiday cards that were a little classier a little nicer than the ones that people would just scribbling with their crappy crappy el cheapo run-of-the-mill 1800s ass paper right um moving on moving on up what else happened at this time so besides valentine's day cards taking off at that time even earlier in england in 1822 so this is still in the europe land um cadbury chocolates created their first heart-shaped box of chocolates for valentine's day uh what else in 1866 those conversation candies were developed for the first time in new england by oliver chase and daniel chase their brothers they used vegetable dye to print words on various confections now they weren't the ones you get now that were heart-shaped i think these were just like circular or something but writing little love notes on candy started all the way back to 1866 which is a lot it's a lot longer than i would have guessed if someone was, like, guessed when these things first came out. So it's pretty good. Um, There was also the first print advertisement for Esther Howland's holiday cards in 1850. That was in the Worcester Spy. And uh, in 1870, Howland incorporates her booming card business and changed it to the New England Valentine's Day Company, um, which operated out of her home and it was an assembly line compromised by her friends. So this was a, for all purposes, a multi-million dollar business that she was running out of her home with her friends doing the assembly line. So, you know, they were doing their arts and crafts and everyone was eating. Everyone was eating. They were making... Well, it would now be a three million dollar business in their damn bedroom. That is crazy. Eventually, those operations were moved out of Helen's home um, to a factory in Worcester, Massachusetts. That same year, the company publishes the Valentine Day first book, which contained. 131 verses that people could cut out and paste inside of the cards that came without a greeting or those with a greeting that the buyer didn't like. So she was getting into other business ideas where you can create your own cards um, by buying an entire Valentine's Day kit. That is a business mind right there. That is a that She might be my favorite entrepreneur. The more I read about this lady, the more I'm intrigued... I like what I'm seeing. Um yeah, so she created an empire in Valentine's Day cards. And then, you know, the competition got steep eventually and Berlin and Jones from down in New York City started getting into the game and a lot of other competitors started getting into the Valentine's Day card game so she kind of lost her stranglehold or monopoly on the industry that's gonna happen that always happens but um Worcester Massachusetts eventually became like the hub for Valentine's Day cards because other businesses were starting to uh, manufacture cards there Um, And then in the late 1800s, like the 1890s into the early 1900s, that's when the candy rush started. That's when Hershey's um, was founded and started producing chocolates for Valentine's Day. Um, 1902, that's when those conversation candies got their heart shape, which is still a long time ago. 1907, that's when... Hershey's Kisses started and became kind of the go-to Valentine's Day candy. Um, And then from there, things started really exploding. That's when Hallmark founded 1910. um, And they got busy with the Valentine's Day cards by 1913. And uh, that's kind of everything set off around the 19 teens into the 20s and the 30s you know that the groundwork had been laid there's a lot of competition with valentines day cards the candy businesses started realizing the opportunity for valentines day so you had your heart shaped candies your hershey's kisses um, chocolate heart shaped boxes all that stuff over the course of the 19 teens into you know all the way through the 60s even created this mass wave of commercialism and uh even big ticket companies selling big ticket items started to get into the valentine's day niche um 1948 you had de beers which is a diamond company launching a diamond is forever campaign which was um i believe the song from the james bond movie later on And that was the first real advertisement that really targeted uh, Valentine's Day as a time to spend lots of money on expensive jewelry because it's an expression of love. And that's kind of, I guess you could say, an early marker where gift giving became less so an exercise of expressing your emotional attachment to someone via some sort of tangible good and more so an exercise of just trying to flex, you know what i mean, and try to just give the most expensive thing to somebody which creates the or created over the course of, you know, half century plus um this kind of negative connotation when it came to gift giving during Valentine's Day. So you could blame that on De Beers in 1948. <laughs> Um, And then that's kind of, you know, everything was off to the races. You had in the 80s, Hershey's Kisses, uh, getting the special pink and red foils. Pretty much at that point, the rocket ship was already launched. And what created even more and more intense marketing and advertising when it came to Valentine's Day and product innovation had to do more with technology, creating improved and better and better uh, products or innovations to distribute marketing and advertising on radio ads, on television ads, etc. Having radios in your car, like all these things just made the messages around Valentine's Day more ubiquitous in American culture and European culture, which allows it to always be on someone's mind during that month of February and therefore buy more product. Um, Then you could say the next big innovation was more on the tech side when it came to YouTube. So I don't know how many people know that YouTube originally was an online dating site. And what's actually funny about that is the co-founder, Stephen Chen, still credits valentine's day as an inspiration for youtube so this does has less to do with marketing of valentine's day but it's just like a funny aside is um youtube the idea was built off the premise of three guys on valentine's day who had nothing to do so they created youtube which was a dating site and then they pivoted it to a video sharing site and then it became what it is now Also, in 2013, Uber rolled out their romance on-demand campaigns, which allowed users to send flowers via Valentine's Day through Uber. And that kind of got crazy, and there's now even a way to do on-demand skywriting. So getting whatever message you wanted to, up to 12 characters getting written in the sky on a plane via chemtrails. Um, that was something that Uber did in twenty, I think, thirteen, in in a select cities. So not everywhere, but in you know some of the more major markets. And then now you know with Netflix and Chill, there is uh, customized content given to you on your apps that all are circulated around the premise of valentine's day and then based on your user data they give you the rom-coms that you are supposedly itching for the most so that's kind of the next wave of valentine's day marketing and advertising it's about taking your user data and giving you options based on said data which you know you can question the morals of but that's kind of the way the world works now so it is what it is so that's kind of a brief history of Valentine's Day marketing, but the real sweet spot or the real time when stuff really started to get popping was the 1850s with Esther Hallen being a genius and doing the Hallmark thing 50 years before Hallmark, Hallmark even was a thing. So, yeah, I thought that's pretty interesting. Um, just so when you're you know watching TV this week. You're seeing Valentine's Day ads left and right, and you're like, this is so annoying. At least now you know why it's so annoying in the history of the annoyingness that is Valentine's Day advertising. That being said, I have it marked in my calendar when I have to go and get my Valentine's Day gifts. I hatched out my whole Valentine's Day plan right before I did this podcast. So I'm in it with you guys. I'm right there with you guys having to coordinate this thing. And you know what? It can be a little stressful leading up to it, but the day of, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to do things in secret that makes your loved one eventually smile. So, that being said, I am out. Thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions about any of this, hit... I mean, you could probably just research this. I mean, a lot of this stuff I researched, so it wasn't a lot of uh, analysis so much. It's just kind of recapping a history but if you want to talk about valentine's day or anything else always as usual hit us up at nrs underscore show on twitter or instagram or at not rocket science show at gmail.com all right that's it i'm out thank you guys hope you have a good one and until next time peace